Welcome to this new episode of the Daily Walk Heavenwards podcast. I'm Father Stanislaw and I am so thankful that you joined me in um, this uh, journey that we are doing as we prepare ourselves to celebrate the Ascension of the Lord and then Pentecost. In other words, the journey of a Christian that is moving closer and closer to the Father. We have a beautiful gospel passage where we hear Jesus speaking for the first time about how we can love him. And it's such a precious passage because indeed we can learn directly from him how we can love him. So let's bow our heads, open our hearts and minds and pray so that we can get ready to listen to God's word. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you always. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot accept, because it neither sees nor knows him. But you know him, because he remains with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me. But you will see me because I live and you will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in, the, in my Father, and you are in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and observes them is the one who loves me. And whoever loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and reveal myself to him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. We are in the sixth Sunday of Easter, and we're entering the sixth week, and of course we're getting ready to, we're getting closer and closer to celebrate Pentecost. We have the Ascension and then Pentecost, which will allow us to close the cycle of Easter. And of course, it's only natural that the readings will point towards the work of the Holy Spirit. And um, we see today, because in the Easter season, we spend time rereading basic major gospel passages in the light of the resurrection. And we are trying to see things from that point of view. So now we are learning about the person and the ministry of the Holy Spirit, who is a member of the Trinity, who is the love that proceeds from the Father and the Son. And what do we see? First of all, Jesus talks about uh, the, the, the Holy Spirit. The, this translation uses the word advocate. New translations are going back to the word that is in Greek, paraclete, parakletos, because it really the word cannot be translated one-on-one -on -one into English or any other languages because it's a word that has a concept uh, linked to it. Uh, so the, the paraclete is, um, it, it, was, uh, it was a person who had a particular function, but this function was multifaceted. This translation uses the word advocate, which is correct, but not enough. 
uh, others have counselors, others have comforters, you know, all they, they're trying to highlight an aspect of the paraclete. The idea is that this person is given to us and, and he has a function as a, an advocate, um, like a counselor in a trial. We must understand and remember that at the time of Jesus, the, in a trial, the lawyers, the advocates, were not doing the talking like it's in our system. Okay? The lawyers are, are talking to the judge, to the jury, to the witnesses. At the time of Jesus in antiquity, it was the person talking. The advocate was next to the person telling what to say. Okay, that's the role that the Holy Spirit has. He reminds us of something. But whatever this paraclete is, and we will take time to explore it, Jesus is saying that, first of all, he's identified as the spirit of truth. That the world cannot recognize because it does not know him and does not see him. And then this spirit, the Holy Spirit is given to us to remain with us forever. So it's not like sometimes we have the Holy Spirit and sometimes we don't have the Holy Spirit. So we have to ask for the Holy Spirit and then sometimes we have it, sometimes we don't. God dwells in us permanently. So it's a matter of awareness. So when we ask for the invocation of the Holy Spirit, we are asking God to help us to become more aware of the function and the ministry of the Holy Spirit in us and in our midst. The world does not recognize the work of the Holy Spirit because it cannot see him. In other words, the world and Christianity look at the same thing from two different points of view. Christians are able to see the work of the Holy Spirit because they recognize him. They know how to recognize him. The world does not. This happens in us as well. And we want to become aware of this so that we can constantly recognize the work of the Holy Spirit so that we can follow. Jesus also calls the, the, the Spirit the Spirit of truth. That is, it's connected to the word and the ministry of Jesus. And now we go into the heart of the whole thing that will allow us to understand how to recognize the work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, for the first time in the whole gospel, first time, even though he has been speaking about loving, being loving uh, to towards others, uh, he just showed them how much he loved them by washing their feet. Now he says, love me. Do you want to love me too? You know, it's in the nature of love to create the situation where the beloved loves and the lover will say, I love you too. Okay? It has to be reciprocal. And reciprocal love is the identity, is peculiar of Christianity. Love must always be reciprocal. So now for the first time, Jesus says, if you love me, you keep my words. You do what I say. And it sounds a little binding. Like, shouldn't I just love you the way I want to love you? Yes, but it's never enough. Because when our love for someone matures, we start paying attention to that person, to what the person says, right? to what that person likes. 
For example, I might be buying something for, let's say, uh, my sister or some person that I, uh, I love. And uh, uh, maybe at one point I realized that instead of buying that person uh, a sweater in the color that I like or in the color that may look good on her, I say, you know, I'm going to buy it in pink because she told me that that's her favorite color. It's not a color I would pick, but it's a color that that person likes. So I become aware because I kept whatever that person said into my heart. And now my behavior is shaped by what that person said out of love. So I said, I'm not going to buy that person. Uh, imagine, I do not like popcorn. I know, it's strange, but I don't. So imagine someone who comes to me and gives me popcorn. Okay, I, 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 you know, I say it's a love and it's fine. But all of a sudden, that person may say, you know, I remember Father Stanislaw does not like popcorn, so I'm going to bring chocolate. So the behavior begins to change because what the other person says becomes meaningful. And by keeping it, I'm responding in love. Now, Jesus says, and he says something, the same thing in the, uh, at the end of the passage. Say, if you love me, you will do what I say. Now, we can think that Christianity means I'll do so many wonderful things, or maybe we expect Jesus to say, if you love me, you can pray more, or do this, or do that. He just says, do what I say. What is he saying? He's saying, if you love me, Allow me to be meaningful to you. Allow me to make a difference. Allow me to help you out. Otherwise, it's just words. And let's be honest. When I say that I love somebody, but I completely ignore that person, and I continue to do what I want, whom am I really loving but myself? Right? I'm just using that person to love myself. Because the love that I'm supposed to have for the other goes out of me, it's ecstatic, moves out of me, and it goes into the other person. The other person will take my love and gives it back to me with a little bit of that person in. Okay? It becomes reciprocal, like an eternity. But sometimes we just love and we want to be loved only in a way according to what we like. It happens the same in our relationship in all kinds of things, even in the church. It's incredible that sometimes people come to me and they ask me for something, and I always ask the very first question that I usually ask is, what does Jesus say about this? I don't know. What does the church teach about this? I don't know. Well, how can we love someone and be disciple of someone when we don't even know what that person said? We don't even know what is expected of us. We don't even know how to tune in so that we can listen to the other person. Whom are we really loving here? So we can say, well, Jesus said this, but I'm going to do what I want. Whom are we loving? I'm, I, wanna, I, I like to do this in this way, 
And the church, what are the major frictions in the church or even in parishes, you know, in, communi in communities of any kind, even in families? It's always based on, I'm not interested. I want to love myself. And I want you to love me. So even though the gospel may be saying this, the church may be saying that, I still do my thing. Why? It's about me. That is what the world does. And Jesus told us, when we start doing these things, when we enter into this mindset, we no longer recognize the Holy Spirit. Why? It's not that it's not there. We can't see him. There is something that will not allow us to see what God is doing. And what is it? Our pride. What is pride? But I'm going to love myself. I'm going to do things my way, even though I say that I'm a Christian or I'm this or I'm that. Jesus said, listen, let's move forward in our relationship. If you love me, what weight do my words have? Do I mean anything? Do you even know what my favorite color is? Because if you don't, well, we don't know what Jesus' color is. Just check it. But the idea is, if we are really keeping our relationship on a very superficial way, where is the love? Love always begs for more. Because the fulfillment of love is unity, is union between two people. That's why we say that the highest form of love that we can see is the celebration of marriage, where two become one by remaining still two. So, what a lovely uh, passage we have received. What a great challenge that allows us to enter into the mystery of God's love for us, but love that begs to be loved back. And Jesus told us, my favorite way for you to love me is to make me meaningful to you, significant, so that your life can change and you can become more and more like me. Only in this way, my friends, whatever it is that we are celebrating in the Eucharist, whenever we receive the Eucharist, can generate those effects. In the Eucharist, we become whom we receive. But whom we receive sacramentally is there. It has to be unlocked and lived out. And it's lived out only when we make the fundamental choice, empowered by the Holy Spirit, to reclaim the word of Christ and say, I'm loving you because I am doing what you say. And if we have time today, let's go back to the gospel and we see this beautiful adventure of people saying yes to what God says, starting with Mary at the Annunciation. You remember? Let it be done to me according to your word, not to my will or to whatever I want. You remember uh, Peter casting the nets and saying, we fished all day, we caught nothing. It, but because you said so, I cast it again. And they got so many fish. There is this invitation of acting on the promise and what we know about the Holy Spirit. And hopefully we will be able to make this jump, loving God for who he is rather than for what he can do for us and discover through the ministry and the person of the Holy Spirit that this love changes our lives and allows us to see that God is all around us and he's doing something new. Let us pray.
grant, Almighty God, that we may celebrate with heartfelt devotion these days of joy, which we keep in honor of the risen Lord, and that what we relieve in remembrance, we may always hold to in what we do. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. And I hope you found inspiration in the, this passage of the Gospel to commit yourself to do whatever it takes to remain in the truth so that you can love Jesus more deeply and for who He is rather than what He can do for you. I wish you well. I ask you to continue to pray for me and all the priests as I and all of us pray for all of you so that indeed the world may know how much God loves us. God bless and I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.